Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I am Alexandra Mars, your host, and this is Sunday Talk with me, Alexandra Mars. Yay! And today's date is December 18th, and oh my word, Christmas is just around the corner, so it's New Year's. Oh my goodness, how's time has flown. Anyway, so today I'm going to be talking, I have two segments. Um, one is a health update. That's going to be my first segment. And then the second segment is, is in two parts. And I'm going to be talking about um, ADD and how that affects my organization skills. So if you don't want to hear the health update, just skip on over to the second segment. Um, it's broken up in two because Anchor only allows a certain amount of uploading size, and I normally go over that now. So I just decided to break it up in two because I normally have to do that. So, so I think hopefully this will be more of a natural break instead of me going back and breaking it myself and trying to figure out where it's the best place to break. So anyway. I'm going to leave it there, and I hope you enjoy. Doodles! Alrighty, welcome to my first segment, and on this one I'm going to be discussing what's been going on with my health, and why I've not been around producing content the last few weeks. Um, if you want to skip this and, and go ahead and go to my second segment, which is going to be talking about um, uh, ADD and how I've learned to organize or getting on the road of organizations, just go ahead and skip that. Skip this one and go to the next one. So, there you go. So, anyway, if you stick around, thank you very much. So, okay. I've kind of been winning this subject. Um, oh, I hate really jumping through medical hoops right now, just trying to get things stuffed, but it's the way it is, and that's a topic for a different, for a different day. Alrighty, um, as I've talked about it, I've been diagnosed with iron deficiency anemia, basically meaning by my hematologist, aka blood doctor, aka iron doctor, I like to call him, is basically somewhere my body is losing blood. Um, had testing back over late spring, early summer for uh, testing my, my GI tract. Basically, I, you know, I had upper and lower done, basically mean I had my stomach checked and I had my colonoscopy checked. So, didn't really show anything significant there. So, anyway. Also, too, since I'm a woman, um, there's been a con- there's been discussions that maybe my cycles, I've talked about this before, is impacting my blood loss. Um, I've had, I've had heavy cycles the last couple of years. Um, so it's just been a thing about changing it. So, 
so sometime so last December not December of 21 my hematologist doctor sent me over to an OYGN uh, basically a woman doctor who who checks on woman organ you know, the woman's reproduction organs I can't think of names right now and then I went over to a, I had a referral for a GI doctor just to see what their thoughts on of what was going on so I really had a good I really had a wonderful, really good doctor that took care of the woman issues. And we, this past year, have been trying to figure out what exactly is going on with me. Um, he did say that, um, from what I have told him, what he has saw himself, that I do have heavy periods. So, went through all, you know, got checked out, got my exam back in March and then um, I had a couple more visits he wanted me to keep an eye on my cycles write down my information how I felt what was going on were they better were they longer were they shorter after you know he did what he needed to do so I did that and so what ended up happening was we had discussed because my cycles were um, basically, I think I got it. I forget what they call the procedures. So anyway, he someone wanted me to keep an eye on my cycles. So basically, it was like for the first three to four days when I was on my cycle, they would be, um, I would have no energy. I didn't feel like doing nothing, and I would be like wiped out. And those were those were my heaviest days on my cycle. And then as soon as it let up, my energy returned, I started doing more things and my periods were lighter and I was doing better. It was like a complete change from 180. And he basically told me, that's not normal. And so we decided that I would go in and get, I think something called abrasion. Basically he would, I'd be put on underneath general anesthesia he'd go in and just basically burn the inside of my uterus something like that where I wouldn't bleed anymore but I would still have my ovaries and I was like okay that's cool with that I was scheduling supposed to have this done in August I got really sick the day before my surgery and I just told them I was canceling it it was actually a good thing so, so then, you know, because of this, I had to wait until like, in like the first week in November, which was like, yeah. So I did that. And so I was like, cool. So I went in for November and I'll make a long story start to make a long story short, short and is basically when he went in, um, what my doctor had saw last time with my uterus and other things. I don't really want to get into all the technical stuff. There had been a whopping change in the last seven months. And it's not been a very good change. Um, so I'm like, okay. And he took samples. Those samples came out benign. Which to me, um, that's 
that's a good thing in a way, but it doesn't mean it's going to stay like that. Um, anyway, so, so you're wondering what, what, what's, what's this all about? Well, basically means now because of the ch changes and because I have pain in my left fallopian tube near my ovary that's constantly in pain. Um, what's going on with that? I need, so basically now I need a full hysterectomy. And it's, it's being complicated due because I have RA and because of my neck and my jaw. Um, it's very difficult or nearly impossible to get a, uh, a breathing tube for general, for major surgery down my throat. Uh, and also too, because of my spine and the way the things, I'm probably a lot more compacted in that area than I would be in if I didn't, if I was a healthy woman by, if I didn't have RA basically. So this is now, and so this is now my ordeal. And now I have, now I'm seeing another doctor in my area to see if this doctor can, can do this or if I have to go somewhere else to have my surgery done. And I'm even wondering if it's even possible to have the surgery done because of, because of my jaw and my neck, just trying to get a breathing tube down me. So, I mean, I've talked about this before when about COVID and all that stuff. So it's just, it's really a huge issue right now. So that's where I'm at at that. And also too, because of what's going on, I'm also in a lot of pain constantly. And this is not like, you know, all right, pain, you know, where I can put stuff on my joints or take some prednisone or, you know, or take medicine for it. This is, this is constant pain. This is like, something's going on inside of my body and my body's telling me and right now there's really there's really nothing I can do it's just it's just praying that some way that the surgery can get done um that's just basically what it is and so there's been a lot of days I've just been doing what I needed to do and that's about it then come to find out, I went to see my hematologist this past week and my iron is low. I was like, oh, yay. I was like, kind of figured out. But, excuse me, the good news about that one is it's I'm not to the point of being anemic. But it's low. It's considered, um, the diagnosis is low iron. So I'm in the process of trying to get a couple of, um, I need to get, uh, iron transfusion, uh, iron infusions, iron infusions and get those scheduled and waiting for that. I'm just like, oh, yay. So <laughs> I'm like, it's like, it's the repeat of last Christmas. Oh man. See last if you're new to my show, welcome. But um 
last Christmas, it was like the week of Christmas, I had to go like to the hospital like every, it was like every other day and I had Christmas Eve and Christmas Day off from going to the hospital and then I had to go in the day after the Chris, the day after Christmas and then the other day and it was like I had to go like was it four or five. I think it might have been four. No, 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 no. It was no, it was five because I remember going on. I remember going on the Sunday. That's right. I went on the. I went on the sun. I went on the Sunday before Christmas. That's right. It was five. Oh, I just sorry, sorry. I just moved and I just feel it. Oh. Sorry about that. Um, so yeah, and I'm just like, oh, joy, repeat of last Christmas. Um, yeah, and I'm hoping this time I don't pick up COVID. Because <laughs> last Christmas I had iron and it was really low. I mean, it was extremely low. I was anemic last December. And... And I was just trying to avoid sick people and it was just impossible. And I ended up the last day on the 28th of last year, I got my iron, I got my last iron infusion, went out to breakfast, came home, took a long nap. And then I just woke up with a terrible cough that would not go away. Nothing. And I was running the fever that night. So, yeah, that was... Yeah, I had COVID. So, yeah, I'm not being on three-peat of that year because I have a test coming up <laughs> right after New Year's and I have to stay well. So, yeah, it's just... It's really crazy right now. And, like I said, my iron's low. And some days I've... Some days I have energy and I'm really good. And then some days it's like if I do a lot of stuff, I'm just like, I'm just tired. Um, it was like today I got up and I did some stuff, um, spent some time with my family and then came home and <laughs> took a nap with my cat. And it was just like, oh yeah. So, uh, having low iron just, just stinks. And there's like stuff I want to do and I've got plans and what I want to do. And it's just, I'm, I'm, to be honest, um, yeah, to be honest, I'm really getting tired of this stuff. And now to go into another year of dealing with, uh, low, you know, with iron efficiency anemia now dealing with the possibility of a major serious surgery coming up is not fun. You know, it's just, it's, and, and, you know, and now it's like, I went to like, it's like, I go to one doctor, I go to another doctor and this doctor wants to run tests or this doctor wants to see things. And then it's like, this doctor's like, yeah, I, I've done what I can do and this is, you know, whatever, you know, and then I'm referred to another doctor and I'm like, and then this doctor wants to run a whole bunch of tests or do different things. And it's just like, 
oh my word and I'm just really getting really tired and I just want to know is like can y'all do my surgery or what or do I need to go like to uh, major major other hospital to get this thing done I'm like it's just it's just way too much and it's just like yeah and then dealing with my iron anyway well my hematologist said before I before I end the segment said that he believes once I have um sorry about that's my timer once I have my surgery done he believes wholeheartedly that um I will no longer have basically a low iron issues anymore because it's basically he believes somewhere in my body I'm losing blood and he believes it's strictly now related to uh, me having heavy periods um that too so I also also believe since I don't know if I said this earlier but my uterus is like filled with polyps I mean it's just full of Okay, you're working now. No, you're not. Um, my uterus is just full of polyps, and this is this is one of the reasons why there's a mass massive. Well, I want to say murder, urgent urgency trying to get this done because back in March, everything looked really good. My ovaries, stuff like that, looked really good. Now come seven months later. In the beginning of November, um, my uterus is just full of polyps. And right now, they're not cancerous. Could they become cancerous? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I have, but with me having RA on, on medications, It, it it's one of these st sticky situations it could turn into something very quite serious very rapidly or it may not um i've noticed um the last few months i was saying about i was saying about in the middle of summer i noticed things um, changing and i don't know how to explain it um Well, I'll tell you what I what I what I've told what I've told my family is I went to see I went to see I think yeah I went to see love I went to see Love and Thunder Thor Love and Thunder with my movie buddy and I noticed I had noticed halfway into the movie oh no it was just, yeah no. Yeah, it was Jurassic. No, I went to see Jurassic Park with my movie buddy, and then we went to see, then Love and Thunder. Okay. And so I noticed in um, Jurassic Park, um, I got the same size as soda I did. I drank like I normally do, and normally I can sit through a movie for about two hours, about two hours and a half, without have to go to the bathroom. But really needed to go to the bathroom right after the movie. Um. I 
I was like halfway in the movie in of Jurassic Park and I was holding it and my bladder just started hurting so bad that I was to the point that I just I just got up and walked out. I don't like doing that, but I I got up and walked out. And I was like, well, okay. You know, I thought, well, maybe I'm getting, I'm getting older. Uh, maybe I'm getting ready to start my cycle. Or, you know, I, I was just seeing just all these different things. But I was like, this is highly unusual. And the pain that I had, it was just like, oh, my word. I mean, my bladder just, it was just, it was just pain. And in that area, I was really uncomfortable and went, went to the bathroom and, I went back to my seat, drank some more plop, and I would say, and I would say, and at the end of the movie again, my bladder was was hurting again where I had to go to the bathroom, and I was in pain again, and I had never felt anything like that in my life and I'm like, that was unusual, but you know, I was just thinking, you know, maybe it was just certain things going on. So then, so I had talked to my mom about that, and we were like, yeah, it's a little unusual, but you know, it's like getting older, stuff like that. And so when I went to see a floor, floor Love and Thunder with my friend, I had decided that um, I was going to get, because I got like a large soda, I think, and that's what I normally got. Or something like that. So I went and I reduced the signs. I got a medium and I was like really watching how much I was drinking before the previous because it's like every time we went I go to that movie theater it's like there's like 20 minutes of premier commercials or previews before they actually start the movie and it's just like so I was really watching how much I was I was drinking and then when I was drinking I was just not like taking huge gulps I was like just taking like little sips just sips on that stuff and watching how much I was drinking and yeah and on cue my bladder started hurting and I had to go to the bathroom I was like man and it was the same thing and it was just like this is I that's that's when I actually knew there was something something really going on and I just didn't know what it was so you know that's when I found it in November and then then I started having um, really bad cramps after that with my cycles coming and it was lingering and then I started having pain lingering even more and it's just it's just because of my uterus it's just full of polyps and it's just it's pushing on my bladder and and then I've got um, you know my fallopian on my my fallopian tubes inflamed I forget what they call it but they call it something so I've got pain and that pain can be at times um, really painful and it can really I sometimes I feel like crying and then there's times that it, it's not, it's there, it's just background noise. I kind of get used to it and do stuff, but then there's times, it, it varies within the day. It, it can be really good. And I've also noticed that I cannot sit in a chair t 
long period of time or I start feeling it. It's just really crazy. And, and the question is, is this, is there something um, going on or is this just, you know, is this just something that my body's just producing and it's just producing non, you know, non-cancerous tumors or is it just polyps and just, you know, what's going on and really won't know going on until I get my surgery. Might, I'm scheduled to get an MRI in a couple of weeks. That's a story within itself. That might give um, more answers to certain questions, hopefully. But anyway, it's just, it's one of these things. And to be honest, one of the things that I'm really thankful for is I know how to advocate for myself um, in different situations. I found myself in the last few weeks with doctors and going, uh, well, I ain't playing that game. I ain't doing this and I ain't doing that. But, you know, it's just um, learning to advocate for myself and not only for, you know, a loved one. Um, yeah, that was another thing I was dealing with. I was dealing with somebody who was having their own medical issues unexpectedly. And I was advocating for that person so yeah you know it's just in the last few weeks is the last couple of months have been really uh, stuff like that and then throw the top of me not feeling well not having energy just trying to get my stuff done that I need to get done and it's just like eh? <laughs> I'm just sometimes I'm just wiped out and so that's one of the reasons why I have not been consistently uh, putting podcast, making podcasts, um, and doing um, blogs. And I want to, and I need to. Um, my voice needs to be heard. You know, my take on stuff like this needs to be heard. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna get through the holidays. I'm gonna figure out how to get the stuff done. Um, I may end up um, just writing maybe like for Sundays a podcast, and then and just have Anchor just use their speech detect technology and just read it and I may have to be start doing that and just because I just don't have it's just really sometimes it's just right now really hard for me to sit in this chair my captain seat <laughs> I love my office chair but um you know it's just it's just really hard and I'm not I I would classify myself as a person I don't really say something's hard unless I mean it's hard. It's not like, yeah, you know, it's like some people, well, you have our, you know what hard is. And I'm like, yeah, but when I'm like telling you it's getting impossible or hard, it's, it's affecting me. So I've heard that stuff too from people. Well, anyway, I have set my timer and my timer has went off. So I'm going to leave it there and 
So anyway, I hope you stay tuned and for my next segment. And I'm going to be talking about any uh, and organization and what I have learned this past year about stuff. And I'm hoping you'll stick around. That you'll uh, stick around for that. So I will see you in the next segment. And toodles. Alrighty, welcome to my segment, my second segment, and today I'm going to be discussing ADD and oh, and the plagues of disorganization that comes with it, and trying to get organized with it. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, <clears throat> so I will be talking about how ADD affects me in today's segment. So. Yeah, and let's, for disclaimer, I know that they've changed how, what they're calling ADD. Um, anyway, when I, when I say, <clears throat> for context, when I say ADD, I'm also referring to ADHD. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, I'm, let's just, let's just go ahead and clarify that. So, so you're probably wondering what's the difference between ADHD and ADD. Um, I was never diagnosed with the hypertivity. And I sometimes wonder if because of the RA and other things I have going on, I wonder if my hypertivity was not appropriately diagnosed. I sometimes wonder about that. I've talked about that before, but anyway, it's very common for girls to be diagnosed with ADD. Um, girls have a tendency not to like, for me, um, I remember day daydreaming a lot, um, back in school. I still daydream. I get bored with something or, or depending on what I am, I, I can easily go off. It's just, I just, my brain just wanders off. Like. You know, I had a hard time following directions. I was very disorganized as a child. Oh, this was I'll be talking about. Just a lot of different things. So anyway, so today's segment, I want to talk about uh, getting organized and disorganizing, and what and what brought this uh, topic up to. So. Anyway, you know, getting back to my notes, you know, I hear people say they can't do something because they have ADHD slash ADD. And I, I get really upset when I hear that because I know my struggles and I just look at that and going, well, you stop believing the lie. <laughs> you know, it's just, I, I really, I really get upset with that. Because, you know, I had been dealing, I have been dealing with ADD symptoms all my life, even before the part of most of them, especially my childhood where it was undiagnosed. So, I mean, I remember one of the reasons why my teachers would get frustrated with me, I had a hard time following instructions. I was like, they would go through it with me and then I would say, yeah, I get it because I thought I would get it. And then I would go to my desk and go back 
and follow it and then I would get halfway in the middle and I would get stuck or I would get it completely wrong and that was just irritating for them but it was just more frustrating and entertaining and just a lot more for me than it was for them but anyway and then you know and then after my diagnosis of having ADD because I didn't know what ADD was I didn't have anyway I didn't really I didn't really believe I had ADD I remember saying those words to the person who told me my diagnosis and actually the person who was telling my diagnosis shouldn't have been a, it should have been it should have been a psychiatrist to help um, help me through that who who specializes in ADD it was it shouldn't have been the person that was telling me that that's a different story for the day you know so yeah so another thing I want to mention too is I think one of the reasons because uh, I think it's one of the reasons is because medical professionals really um, don't understand how ADD affects girls and women. I've been reading a lot of articles and and looking back at my life. Yeah, I can. That's definitely that. And I would also say, um, too. Uh, so I was left on my own to suffer, and it also affected my relationships. Yes, it has affected my relationships with people. Um. Because I didn't realize how I was coming uh, across to people, because nobody wouldn't tell me. Um, I actually, I actually have a tone of voice that will make me sound angry when I'm not. Um, it's one of those things that. The higher my tone will get, sometimes, especially if I'm excited or something, people think I'm angry. It's just um, really one of those things. Also, too, people can't handle it when you're normally a quiet, calm individual, and all of a sudden you go from zero to sixty within five seconds. That can shake people to the core they can't handle that that's something i've noticed in my personal life so so yeah so anyway so so what i want to discuss is when i hear people say they can't because they have adhd slash add i want to tell them want to tell i want to tell them that's a lie because they were never taught the skills to function in society period let me repeat that again i want to tell them that it is a lie because we were never taught the skills to function in society period that is very true i have found that in my own struggles trying to to adapt in a society that doesn't really understand my combinations my needs when i'm dealing with adhd and ADD. and i'll give an example um 
having meltdowns as an adult is not a good thing <laughs> in public. You, you, you get some weird looks. And as an adult, and you seriously is causing a ruckus, you might get the cops called. <laughs> Been there a couple times. Um, but it's just, it's one of those things. People don't understand it or they think you are, you have something else going on with your brain upstairs. It's, it's one of those two. I've got that, um, too. You know, and it's just, like I said, it's just one of these things that it's, it's beginning to talk about now because of social media, Facebook, people talking about it, people wanting articles written or writing about it and in the last few years I have learned a whole lot more about ADD than I have actually on dyslexia um so I mean you know and I think people are more to be honest between the two about being dyslexic and having ADD or, or having ADD I think people are more willing to accept from my from my viewpoint um the EDD than they are of of dyslexia. It's just it's really I've noticed that. That that's my thing, my take on it. So anyway, getting back to my notes. <clears throat> you know, and I see and and what I mean by struggling, I'll give an example of what I'm gonna be talking about in the rest of my notes is that I'm talking about organization skills not being messy. I remember um, going to school. I was I was that student whose desk was a disaster area inside of it and and yet I could find the things that I needed. <laughs> It, it was it was something it was just like one of those things it was like complete chaos to everybody else but I could go in there and find because I normally would put things in and sometimes they'd move but you know I would find it and it drove and it drove my teachers nuts I mean it was just like it was really hard when somebody would organize something for me, especially my desk, I had a couple of teachers do this and I couldn't find anything. It'd be staring right in front of me and I couldn't find it. It was just, it was, it was really, it was just one of those weird things that it was just like, and it got my teacher so frustrated and what happened was they would fix it. And then it would no longer, it would be, and it would be worse than it was before. And I would actually be more frustrated because they took away my organizations I, I had going on. But I'll be talking about more later. So, so when I see others, you know, others say, uh, others say, AD, you know, when I see others say ADD, say that they can't put away uh, items or they can't say organize. I understand that because I struggle with this on a daily basis. I am not going to lie. I struggle with this on a daily basis. This is one of the things I think um, tells the world that I have ADD. Um, yes. 
And yes, I have struggled with these issues all my life. I remember my bedroom as a child growing up being a mess. Um, I remember I had a hard time getting organized. Uh, you know, I could get organized on some things. And then, um, then other things, it was totally a disaster. I remember having a trapper keeper and I remember by the end of the year or semester, I'd had papers. And I remember one time I, my, my dad was like, you know, you should clean out your trapper keeper or your folders. And I was like. I just didn't, I just didn't know what to throw away because I didn't know if I, I would need it again for whatever the homework assignments. It was just really, I really had a hard time of knowing what to keep and what to throw away. Anyway, that's me. So, you know, you know, back to my notes, you know, most children learn executive, executive skills, like organizing the, like organizing a room you know, their bedroom or locker or desk, learning, you know, learning to get to school on time, working within a schedule and deadlines, you know, homework, homework, you had a deadline, you had it, you know, homework, you'd have to do it. And you got home and turn it in the next day or a couple of days, whatever the teacher wanted. And, you know, planning activities, you know, asking, you know, your you know, asking parents like, can so-and-so coming over play on this day? Or can I go over and play so-and-so before supper? You know, this is the stuff I'm talking about. They just, you know, learning where sometimes I wasn't very good about that stuff. Um, you know, I would ask parents, you know, I would ask, not parents, but I'd ask my parents, you know, so doing stuff but I also remember sometimes waiting the last minute of going I was invited to so and so's <laughs> you know um it was just it was just part of how my brain worked so anyway so ADHD and ADD can affect executive skills which is called executive defunction so yeah I've been reading about this this is some crazy stuff so, so what does this look like? Individuals who have messy or cluttered homes, me, employees or students who are constantly late or have poor management time skills, me, or having a difficult time planning events or activities, me. <laughs> uh, I can, I'm a little better planning things now than I used to be, but, uh, me. Especially the first one. Me. Um, yeah. I mean, I had, I mean, it was this thing. I, I'm not late for stuff because I understand how important it is to be on time. But I struggled, I struggled with, you know, trying to be on time for school and getting and getting there. I really struggled not only just for physically, but I just didn't understand how much time it took for me to get from point A to point B. And part of that was the ADD looking back at it now. So yeah, that's just basically me. So, so like I said, what I really struggle is, is, is keeping the clutter at bay. 
It's like there's a war with clutter in my home. It's, it's just, it just gets hard. Especially when you get dealing with a health problem. So here my notes, you know, going back to my notes. I didn't understand that I, you know, I didn't understand. I didn't understand that items that weren't put back became clutter taking up space. I did not comprehend that concept. Um, so to give you an example, when I needed space on the vanity, my toothbrush and toothpaste was in the way or other, maybe other products that I was using. I just never thought it was necessary to put them away because I'm like, oh, I'm going to use them again. Why do I need to put them away? And then if I needed space on the vanity to, you know, to pull stuff out, like my hair dryer or something, uh, there was stuff. <laughs> there was. The items that I weren't using had become clutter and they were taken up space because they weren't put back in their proper places. And that, you know, it just, it, like I said, I don't understand. That concept did not dawn on me that it was just like... It, and I think part of that, the reason I had trouble with that is because I, I grew up in a society that wouldn't even... I mean, let alone acknowledge... I mean, they were acknowledging dyslexia. They were calling it a reading problem. But, hard and behold, you've got, you've got, a, you've got a young... Uh, a, a boy... That's running around causing issues. Um, they were calling ADD back then a behavior issue. And and it was only in boys. I mean, I, you know, you know, you didn't want to label girls with a behavior issue. I mean, it was just really weird. I mean, they didn't even want to acknowledge even that. I mean, it was just like, nope, we're not, nope, we're not talking about, nope. So, I mean, it's just, it was just really crazy, you know, back then. So, um, getting back to my notes, I think the reason why I struggled with this concept is because I wasn't taught the skills I needed to learn. I totally agree with that. No one ever figured out why I was chronically cluttered or messy or why I could go in and pick out certain items and just didn't organize or help me organize around where I was placing certain um, items that I wanted easy access to. They were using a system that worked for them, but it wasn't working when they did it for me. It didn't work with my brain. My brain did not compute with that system. It was just totally like it did not make any sense to me. It wasn't because I didn't love chaos. It was just because I was trying to make a system out of and just turn into chaos. So, yeah. So, you know, the adults in my life didn't understand that I was having, you know, trouble with those issues. And nobody didn't, and nobody, like I said, nobody didn't talk about dyslexia you know didn't talk nobody didn't talk about dyslexia and there was no discussion about ADHD 
or ADD. I mean, there was nothing about that. Um, if anybody was talking about dyslexia, it was called, <laughs> from my experience, a reading problem. I, you know, and that was all they were said. They didn't say any more about it. You know, it was one of those things. Another thing when I remember growing up, I used to hear, and this is an example, when I used to hear that when I was nine years old, you know, I, that I was nine year, nine years old, I would hear, I should have known better or I should have those skills by now. So I would continue to struggle and thinking that there was something wrong with me or that I was broken somehow. I would hear that constantly from different people. And unfortunately, at times, I heard that from my parents because my parents didn't know what to do. And I would hear this and go, well, you're at this age by now and you should know better. Or I don't understand why you're struggling with such and such. You know, I taught you better than this or you should already know this or blah, blah, blah. You know, it was one of those things I would hear and I would be struggling and it was just like... Uh, okay. And I would hear those, you know, I would hear those from the adults around me and, you know, you know, unfortunately at times for my parents, my parents said that out of frustration. I mean, they just, I mean, there was nothing. I mean, there was no internet. There was no support groups. There was nothing. And so, you know, when I was growing up, parents were also left to suffer too with with their children if they didn't I mean it was just something you just didn't talk about unfortunately and I was like yeah and then so it just it left me felt already broken I mean I was just like already you know it's like I didn't understand why I had a hard time you know, with these skills, why my room was a mess, why it would, it would go back into a mess once it got cleaned up. It was just like, eh. I, I just, I just didn't understand that. And I mean, I didn't want a messy room. I didn't want a cluttered room. I didn't want stuff. I mean, I wanted to, you know, I, I didn't like living that way. And it was just, it's just been this constant struggle. And it was just like, I remember people just saying that to me. And I was just like, I, to the point I just got here, I just got tired of hearing it. And I was just like, yeah, whatever. As I got older, I was just like, yeah, whatever. Because I was trying and it was just like, yeah. And, but I was failing. You know. So, as I became an adult you know people would help me organize my items by organizing items that made sense to them and i would find and i would find it difficult to follow that system within a few weeks the chaos would be worse yeah i remember um my mother would help me clean my room and she would clean it her way and i couldn't find anything um stuff that I would be currently playing with she would put it in odd places where it was hard to get to and other stuff and I was just like oh my word and it would be like I would just 
tear my room up. And I remember her and I got in an argument with that. I was little. And it was just really weird. And I really didn't have, when I was a child, the... I didn't know how to express myself. That was one, one of my issues, too. I didn't know how to express myself. And that came from the ADD. But I didn't understand that at the time when she cleaned my room, I didn't understand I could put things back in the order that it made sense to me. I just didn't have the the connections to make that um, like some kids did. Now, I was always fascinated with the kids who are naturally born organizers that, yeah, their parents would come in and organize stuff that they didn't like. They'd go in and change it. And their parents never knew. It was just like, I want those skills. But it was just one of those, it was just, it was just because I was dealing with diagnosis, undiagnosed ADD. And it was just one of those things. So, you know, as I became, as I got older, I would ask for help to get organized. And, you know, my friends and I, we would purge on a, on on one of the items and they would put in an organization system that didn't make any sense to me and if you guessed it in a few weeks in a few weeks I would be unorganized the chaos would return and it would be worse than it was before oh I went through yeah and because of the mess, my friends who helped me would be angry and mad at me and disappointed. And it would cause a rift in the friendship. You know, and then those same feelings would return that there's something wrong with me, that I'm broken. There's, or that, you know, as I got older, I got accused of being um, lazy or I didn't care about certain things and all that stuff would just come back in and sometimes if I had friends that helped me and they didn't come over that much or hardly never or they just came a couple of times and that was about it and they helped me I would they would ask me I'd lie I was just like I didn't want to deal with it I was like yeah it's going it's a mess but you know I wouldn't say how bad and I would just downplay it but mm, you know, it was one of those things that it was never really talked about anymore. And, you know, it was just, I, I didn't know what to do. So, it was one of those things. So, what I didn't understand was how ADD was affecting my executive, my executive skills. And, organize, you know, the organize, organization skills are linked to that. Were non-existent because... The, my organization skills were non-existent because the system that system didn't work for my brain and any knee brain is different is just wired differently from a non-any brain basically so a lot of people in my life would accuse me of not caring or being lazy after a while I started believing the accusations because everything I tried failed yeah I remember years of like purging I went through and I have purged a lot of stuff over the years I mean I did because I didn't want 
to be surrounded by clutter anymore. I hated clutter with a passion. And yet I would find myself within a few weeks after I purged, my room would be like a stocking mess again. And I didn't want to live that way. And I'd find it, but I would purge and I would keep it up. You know, I'd do all the work, clean, do really well. And then it would be like, it would just slowly go through. And it was just like, yeah, it was just crazy. And I would purge. I mean, I got rid of a lot of stuff. And, you know, I had one person that asked me one time, was it worth, even though I didn't have an organization plan in my room was it worth it going through all those purges and yes because I don't have as much stuff as I did it was stuff that I know it was stuff that I know I no longer needed or wanted and it was in good shape and I donated it and what couldn't be donated was recycled or trashed and it's really helped bring down without doing those purges I would not be where I'm at today so yeah anyway so back to my notes so so what changed I started following fly lady over time and began began and began oh why do I use words I can't pronounce and stating I began stating routines and I watched videos on YouTube about people with ADHD and ADD struggling staying organized they would hire organizers that specialized helping with people with ADHD and I found those videos very helpful and began taking those strategies and putting them into my everyday life yes I had a friend, um, I was talking to my friend uh, one time, a close friend at the time, and she was telling me her struggles about um, keeping her place clean and what would happen. And when she told me that she was having struggles with just staying on top of everyday chores, I was completely like dumbfounded. Because she always seemed to me, she was always a woman that was well organized for work. She looked really nice. She had, her car was clean. She didn't keep her car disorganized. She was on top of different things, especially in her work. What she told me about her work. And then yet, when she came home, she was struggling just to keep up the maintenance of her home. And I was like, oh, wow. I was, I was like, wow, I was like, really like, surprised. And I mean, it wasn't like, um, it, it wasn't like big things she was talking about. It was just like normal day, like being home, um, stuff like that. So it, it was an opportunity, you know, she was just talking about, um, she just, was doing stuff and so she told me about fly lady and I was like really thankful for that and I told her my struggles and she could relate and mine was more in depth than hers I mean it was like stuff but I was just like really just 
really surprised when she told me that. She was just, she was struggling and just, just, she was struggling with that too. And it was just like, wow. And it was just like, and she, <clears throat> and she was like, you know, struggling. I mean, it was not like bad. It was just, she just, um, what she needed was routines and, you know, she just, it was hard. It was hard for her working so many hours, you know, during a week and coming home. And she was just uh, tired of just doing the cleaning on the weekends, which I think most, you know, especially women who work, you know, who work a lot of hours and just did. And she was, she was tired of doing that. And so she was, you know, honest with me about it. And I was like really surprised because I was like, whoa. You know, and then I went in and she told me about fly lighting. I was like, cool, man. But I was like, you know, I'm like, I always tell people, you don't know what goes behind closed doors <laughs> until, until somebody lets you in and sees what go on, what's going on. But I was like, I was like surprised by that. I remember that conversation. You know, it was something that she was, you know, working through and, 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 fly lady and fly ladies about routines so I was like yeah and I started that's when I started following fly lady and I and I've started and I've used her routines um <laughs> sometimes I go off with them and I go back on them but it's really helpful because now I understand what my EDD brain needs my brain needs structure and routines this is like a set time where I do certain things or this is to help me get started in the day or, you know, whatever. But anyway, I digress. Anyway, so, you know, and I did, and I also started watching videos about organizers who specialize in helping people who have or ADHD because they don't understand how the brain works. And they can talk to them in a way that um, is helpful. And they can also implant strategies that's helpful and put it in where they need it the most. I've seen some of the videos and I've like used those tips. And they've been very helpful. So anyway, I started, I started focusing on putting my items back in place. Putting them back in their place when I got done using them. Um, I think that when I started doing that, that was about, I think that was one of my revolution, my new year years, uh, goals for that year. I think it was last year or the year before where I was just like in a habit of just putting back everyday items like my toothpaste, my toothbrush, um, Putting trash in the wastebasket. Just stuff that I knew right away where it went, regardless whether it was me or somebody else in my household, it, it went back to its place. So, anyway. So, that's what I did. So, I started just everyday items like using the salt and pepper shakers, and they went back. You know, I used them, I put them back. I also started looking, I started also. I started looking for anything that was trash that needed to go in wastebasket. I was just starting, just putting items away 
every day as part of my routine, doing simple things to stay organized and building uh, block, building blocks, putting them in their, in their place. Or as Smiley would say, taking baby steps. That's what I started doing. Also, another thing that I started doing, items that I came across that I no longer needed or wanted, I would just start a donation bag and put those items in. And once the donation bag was full, I would take it to a local charity and donate it. And things that needed to go in the trash or be recycled, that's where they went. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I started doing that, I think, this year. Or was it? Or see, this is 22 or 21 or maybe end of 21. <coughs> I started things that I, especially in my bedroom, that I started coming across that um, I no longer wanted or needed and that were in good shape. I would just start a donation bag and would load it up once it was full or once I was in that area where the, the charity I wished to donate my items, I would donate them. Um, that's what I would start doing. Mm-hmm. I'm running. I'm trying to read. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I'm just looking through my notes, seeing how much longer I got my notes. You better cut it out. Sorry, I'm talking to my cat. Okay, I'm going to go ahead because I'm going to go over and I'm going to stop my here. This is going to be part one of this segment and I'm going to start part two because I'm probably in a place where I'm going to have to break them anyway. So I'm going to stop this here and then I'm going to continue where I left off in part two. And then I got to go take care of my cat. <laughs> Alrighty, I am back for segment two, part two. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me explain what's going on. Anchor only has um, a limited, uh, they have like a size limit. And when I go over a certain time period, I know I'm getting close to that size limit. And which would make me to break my segment into two. So I, went, I decided to go ahead and already do it because... I see what page I'm on my notes, and I'm probably it's gonna be like a little longer than I originally thought it was gonna be, but that's okay. So anyway, so my next segment I'm gonna the next thing I'm gonna be talking about is how I have start coming start oh well start taking out the chaos and start organizing 
my my belongings, my items, stuff that I want to keep. And it's still an ongoing process. But I watched, um, like I said, I watched a video and about uh, a couple of influencers who who have ADHD and they were tired of living like they were living and they wanted to get organized and they just didn't know where to start and so they reached out and asked professional organizers that specialized in ADHD to come help them and they did like a series of you know like did a video for YouTube and it was really good and one thing that this professional organizer said that <clears throat> people with ADHD uh, tends to throw down their stuff at certain locations and that's about where they want to do it and which is true <laughs> that's true from my own experience and that we have a tendency of sometimes not using like uh, not using the space that we already have and and sometimes because of our clutter and because of the clutter that we sometimes start making start doing because we don't have an organization system that fits our needs and our and how our minds function that we will probably we will naturally create obstacles of putting stuff away and that was one of my issues that I noticed especially in my room particularly dealing with my closet so anyway this is what I talk about my next um, notes is the next the other thing that I noticed I had a tendency of doing was blocking areas that I needed to store items aka the closet for an example I had placed I had a terrible habit of placing items that I that I wanted to use often in front of my AKA closet doors. <laughs> closet doors. And well you can guess it, then my floor would become cluttered with laundry and other things. You guessed it, needed to go into the closet. Nah. <laughs> yeah, this was like a a recurring cycle. I would like, I tell you, I would purge, I would clean, I'd put stuff away, I'd put stuff in the closet, I'd start doing stuff from stuff, and I'd get my floor back. And with about within two weeks, within three weeks, the mountain of laundry would reappear and grow quite well. Not my proudest moments in my life, okay, let me tell you. But it was this, this was a pattern. It was a pattern that was showing showing stuff. And so when I had watched this video a couple of times and seen the pointers and seen what they did over a few days and how what they did stuff, I was like, man, some of that was just me. I mean, just it was just like, okay. So I think it was last year, end of March, April, I have to go back. I had made these videos and I never put them up, but I took a day. <clears throat> I was doing laundry. I got tired of, of what Flyley would call the mountain of, well, I would, I'm subtitling now, but the moss, she would call it something else, but I call it the mountain of laundry and I got tired of it. I got tired of 
digging through my laundry on my floor and come and find out stuff that I was looking for got very knocked off because of the cat into the, into the laundry of, of the mountain. And I was just like, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm tired of this. This is pattern. It always ends up, everything goes on the floor. It doesn't go in its place and I can't get to this and I can't get that. I, uh, by the way, I have a very small room, so once my floor gets cluttered, it's just impossible to get to the other areas of my room that I need to get to. I got tired of this. And I was sitting there, and I was remembering, the, like I said, the woman's uh, suggestions. And I just noticed that my closet area would be just become the drop zone for stuff that needed to go in the closet. And I was just like already so that day I had done quite a bit of laundry and I was like doing laundry and I decided I was cleaning out my closet I didn't care and I cleaned out my closet I took everything out of it I don't have a very big closet but I had a lot of stuff in there I took out things in my closet found things I'd been looking for wondering what happened and I took everything out I was like, and I was like, cool. And I, I figured out the items that needed to go back into my closet that I needed a space for, um, got rid of things I no longer needed or wanted, or just could be, just be trash through, you know, and got rid of that stuff and put the items that needed to go into my closet, found a space, rearranged stuff just realized that if I needed those items again, I just would have to go out and just move things out of my closet and just get to those. That's just the way it was going to have to be. I accepted that with the space I had. So I was like, cool. And then I made, um, I made, I made rules and I made, you know, I started making rules for myself, a routine I had when I went to bed, when I would get out of my clothes and, and change into to my pajamas, I would be like, okay, my dirty clothes now go into my hamper. Done. I started, I started doing that on a regular basis. Another thing I started doing is I have a rule. I do not block my closet doors. Now, sometimes when making my bed, I have to put something in front of it, but that's only for a short period of time during the routine of making my bed, but it does not stay there. So, I mean, there's times I do have to block my closet doors, but it's only for a short time. And it's because I'm in the process of making my bed. But, no, I do not allow anything to... to to block my closet, my closet doors. Um, I had someone tried to do that and I was like, no, we're not, no, that's not going there. <laughs> like, it belonged to me, but I was like, no, that item is not going there. <laughs> I am like really adamant now about, um, I don't allow stuff to block my closet doors. I, for certain things that must be on my floor, they have a space, they have a certain, 
um, a certain, you know, a certain area in the floor that, that goes there. That's it. Um, my office chair, I do not allow clothes to go on, on the back of my chair. If they do, they must be, um, if I put clothes on the back of my chair or in my chair, I have, I give myself at least 24 hours to find a place where they go. So normally within so many hours, if I leave them over that overnight, I look at them and go, yeah, we, we got to do something. Decisions must be made now. And those really help. Those are my decisions. Those are my rules for my room and it works for me. That's my organization skills. And it's been really helping. Um, another thing I'd like to recommend is I was, I was using, I lived in so much chaos that when I started working and keeping my floor clean, it was different and I had to change the way I felt about it because I was in a foreign land in my floor because I didn't have the clutter that I was used to having on my floor because it's been, it's just been so part of my life that was just like, okay, my brain was like, this is not, I, there was part of my brain that just didn't like it because it was not something I was used to. It was like something I always wanted. But this was a huge new adjustment. And so I would make myself and I would like stand there and I would just like make myself feel the, the joy and the pride I had of accomplishing and keeping my floor clean. And I would just stand there and just enjoy that feeling of accomplishment and knowing that this is, this is my floor. My floor is clean. And it took me about... Oh, I think it took me about over about 68 weeks to get used to it. I mean, I started getting used to it, but there was one that I woke up and I had to get my cat and I was half asleep and my cat was doing something and I walked over and my cat was trying to get something and he realized that I no longer, my floor was cluttered and I could get there a lot sooner and he got down. And I stood there and I was half asleep and realized I didn't have to worry about stepping my toe on something or stepping on something <laughs> or, or just different things I was so used to when my floor was cluttered out. I have to watch and like, where was this, where was this stuff at? And it was just like, I just, just got up and walked over and didn't have to worry about anything because my floor was cleared. I had certain things where I kept and my pathway was, was nice. It was like, cool. And so I would allow myself to feel those moments because I understood how important it was for me having an ADD mind that, that I was so used of clutter that this was a whole new concept and it was a form to me and I had to get used to it. This was not like somebody I was visiting somebody's house and this was perfect. You know, this was mine and this was my floor and it was clean and it was nice and it felt wonderful and it felt I didn't have to worry about hitting my big toe on anything. And it was just a new, a new concept. So anyway. So anyway, back to my notes. So 
so once my mind realized the problem that I was creating for myself because my logic wasn't not logical, I fixed the problem by figuring out what I wanted to keep in my closet and what my closet, what I wanted to keep in my closet and my closet needed and what I needed to get rid of inside of my closet by donating, recycling it or just throwing away. And since I've done this, I've really kept my floor in really good shape and I no longer have the obstacles in ways of able to put my things away. This is very true. Another thing I noticed, I hated doing laundry. I did not want to take the time to do laundry because I, like I said, I'd have a mountain of laundry in my room and I'd have to go through everything and bury it just to get the certain items I wanted to wash or figure out what needed to be washed. Where, where was it at? All these different steps now. And now since I've been for months cleaning, keeping my floor cleaned, and putting laundry where my laundry belongs and in my closet and my laundry hamper, you know, I just take that stuff out and it's a whole lot easier. I don't have the fuss. I still don't like doing laundry, but it's not the battle as it once was. I would just get my stuff out and, and maybe do a load here or there. And, you know, that would be about it. Just a minute. What matter, kitty? Sorry, my cat was meowing. So, you know, it's no longer, you know, it's no longer, um, certain things I've noticed is easier to do. Um, I can get to my dresser a lot easier certain things I can get to and I don't have to worry um, putting things away it's not it's not the ordeal as it once was because it's I don't have to deal I don't have to deal with the clutter anymore and I like it and I enjoy those feelings I walk in and I enjoy the nice seeing my floor clean clutter free um, easy to put things away, easy to get things away, easy have easy access. I'm enjoying it, and I'm allowing myself to enjoy it. That I think that's the key thing about dealing with a person. I think that's what I would recommend. Once you get it clean, there's going to be a time where your mind is getting used to the idea of not having clutter, and that can be a hard thing, especially if you if you've dealt with having clutter issues dealing with clutter it's ongoing battle with the war of clutter you have to allow your mind your soul your spirit to adjust yes i deserve a clean living space clutter free i deserve to have organization skills yes it may not be perfect but i know where things go i know how to get rid of things it's okay you know if i accidentally throw away something it's gonna be okay um you know it's you know, you, you learn. And I think one thing f for me, it's also been in some ways a healing experience because I've been told there's something wrong with me and it's not. It's just my brain just has a hard time of using traditional organ organization skills and going from step to step, which most people 
get without even thinking about it. They can go from A to B and not realizing, how do I get to A to B? <laughs> what are the many micro steps that I have to do to get to B? And then once I get to B, how do I get to C? You know, <clears throat> you know they don't have to think that way. They, their mind just automatically jumps, goes snap, snap, snap. And my brain's going hop, 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 majorly. Hop, 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 hop. You know, that's basically that. So, back to my notes. Is my home perfect? No. I'm still dealing with clutter. You know, I still have a lot of work in different areas. The biggest, But the biggest difference is I have seen progress that I have made over the past year. And I have discovered a system that works for me by keeping items organized and staying within routine, staying within routines and getting things done. And sometimes these routines, it's just doing the little stuff like putting away the salt and pepper shakers, you know, um, going ahead and putting away grocery items when you come home from the grocery store. Yeah, that's, that's a thing that I've been working on this year. I had a tendency, eh, put the things I need to go in the refrigerator and put the stuff late. No. Um, that was, that's been a big issue for me. And I'm just now getting used to doing it. I've, last few months, it's just been clicking on since I've got, oops, my floor cleaned. Um. looking at my notes because I got something to say. I would say the area that um, I'm still dealing with. No. I want to say something about my room. I do try to make my bed every day. Um, I believe uh, especially having ED, uh, making my bed like first thing in the morning as soon as I get up and I feel like my body's not ready to do it. Um, helps me transition into uh, my morning and puts me in a place where I need to get things done. I'm a lot more flexible. I don't want to explain it. It's my mind is not as rigid. It's like I'm not ready to get up. You know, it's ready to make the transitions of going from one activity to the next activity and staying on schedule helps my mind better if my bed's made. And also, too, I like the feeling of making my bed, too. There's something like, I was like, okay, I've already accomplished something for today. I'm, it sets me off on the right foot when days when I don't sometimes don't feel like making my bed. Or just like, tell, there's days I don't feel like making my bed. Right now, as I'm taping this, my bed is not made. It's just chaos. Um, part of it is because I don't, I'm not feeling well. And that's part of it. And one thing that I did is I had a few days, well, actually, I think it was more than a few days, a couple of weeks where I wasn't really making my bed on a regular basis. And I had took a picture of my bed made. I put it on my cell phone. I think I was sending it to a friend. She was asking me, is your bed made? I sent it to her. And... I don't even know. Maybe, no, I sent her because I liked, it's like, I finally made my bed, kind of thing. But, and I took a picture of it, and I was going through, about a few days ago, I was going through, I was going through, um, 
my pictures on my phone and I saw that. And I liked the feeling that I had when I saw my bed being made. I liked, I liked it. I missed it. Um, and so that actually put me back making my bed in spite of the way I've been feeling. Um, and I like the feeling that I walk into my room, especially if I've been gone or I've been doing something else. Like, oh, my bed's made. Just <clears throat> the way it makes me feel. And those are the feelings I am trying to establish <clears throat> to help me to stay organized and stay clutter-free because I realize that I've been so used to living in chaos that I don't know any other way to live. And, and so I'm trying to change that and to make it a permanent change. And so... For me, I have to work through these feelings of like, yes, I like this feeling. I want it back. How do I get the back? Make the bed. Bring, you know, organization to the bed. And there's something about, too, when you make your bed, the whole room feels even clean. I mean, stuff like that. So it's just one of those things. All right, let's get back to my notes because I don't want to go over. You know, so back to my notes. It's like, you know, it's like finding, you know, for me, for organizing, it's finding places for items that you need for me to keep and and be willing to be flexible to move locations if necessary. Uh, but I would have to say the biggest thing that has really helped me in the past year is stop believing in the lie that I can't put things away or I can't get organized because I've been told over and over that there's something wrong with me. That is true. That is very, very true. I have found myself when, especially in the beginning, especially keeping my floor clean, organized, that I had to stop believing the stuff that I heard as a kid, stuff that I heard when I was younger, um, because... I now understand that there's nothing wrong with me. It's just my brain is wired differently <clears throat> from the majority. <clears throat> and the organization system that works for the majority does not work for me. And so I have to figure out what works for me. I didn't grow up having someone helping me or telling my parents, well, this is the reason your child is doing this is because she has ADD and this is a symptom of it. And this is an area where she really needs to work hard. And this is how you can help her. Um, you know, they didn't, they didn't know that. I didn't even know it until I got older. So anyway, so basically, and my next thing is basically what I said is in reality the issue was the issue wasn't in reality the issue why was the issue why sorry in the reality in reality the issue why the issue why the issue wasn't me the issue was the system that worked for everyone else to stay organized didn't work for me because my brain is wired differently from the majority which I just said a few months ago. And no one ever, and no one, and no one, no one never took the step back and asked questions why I was struggling and needed assistance to solve my 
disorganization issues. Everyone was trying to fix me so I could be normal. And that doesn't work. Yeah. I always felt, especially as a child and as um, I got older to a certain age when I asked for help, that uh, that people would try to come in and fix me as, you know, whether that would be for, for example, for the RA, it would be like, here's a cure. It will take away your pain and fatigue and all this. Just take these vitamins or do this or that. Drink this. You know, I, that was like a fix me moment. Um, this and that, um, that would be one. Um, when it came to being dyslexic, especially with reading and trying to sound out words. Um, I was told to get my eyes fixed, <laughs> get my eyes checked. Nothing really wrong with the eyes. It's just like, eh. Um, it was that. You know, I was, you know, and when it came to like the ADD and disorganization, it was just like, well, this is a system and you should already, you're at this age and you should already know how to do this. You're just being lazy or you just don't care or both. Um, I heard that when I got to be an adult <clears throat> and it was just, it was just really hard, you know, and I think people knew that there was something wrong. They just didn't. They just didn't have the answers, and they got frustrated and just just trying like fix, you know, fix it. And and one thing I would like to say, and I don't care whether you're an able-bodied person with having a disability or whatever, you can't go around and fix people. That's it's not our job to go around and fix other people. They have to want to break the habit and find the ways. They're the ones that have to ask for help. And when people are asking for help, we need to acknowledge, okay, is this, are they being lazy? Are they being this? Or is there something medically wrong? Or maybe they have ADD or dyslexia or something and they just need a different count, just different types of help accommodations that fit them to order to function within our society and I think we need to get over trying to fix people um I'll give you an example I there's a lot of women sometimes will date guys and date the wrong kind of guys for them and they know they're bad for them and they're like well I'm just trying to fix him because he's got potential yeah, he's got potential, but if he's still doing something that he wants to do and he doesn't care about your feelings, um, you know, it's time to go say next to move on to the next guy. You know, and this is, I think, when it came to me, I think people were just trying to fix me and it just didn't work. And sometimes I just didn't want, I sometimes didn't want their help and then I get mad. So... Anyway, back to my notes. So now I'm putting in my own, uh, I'm putting in my own system in place to stay organized and creating routines that my mind needs and is working. Yes, it's working. Um, I'm able, 
I have a different, I have a different relationship with clutter, um, than I used to. I don't like clutter. I can't stand clutter. <laughs> and sometimes I, I, I still got clutter in my room, but I'm going to be working on it shortly. Shortly. You know, but I, I'm getting this different viewpoint of clutter that I, I didn't have, I can say I didn't have a year ago. Um, you know, and I'm understanding how I create clutter. Um, and one of the reasons how I create clutter is I don't have a system to put away certain items. And so, so it lays on top of my nightstand or my desk and, and then other things come along and I, the clutter goes there. You know, clutter builds. It, it's quickly how, if you think about how clutter can to build, and that's something I didn't realize when I was younger. So, so if you're so basically, my suggestions if you're like me, um, so I know you're looking cute. You are a sparkly, fuzzy, wuzzy distraction. Yes, my cat decided to join me. <laughs> He's rolling around on his makeshift cat tree. Oh no, look at me, look at me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, anyway. So basically, if you're like me and you're struggling with organization and creating routines to help you to live a productive life having ADHD, please don't believe the lie that you can't get organized. That's the biggest thing. Don't believe the lie. Don't believe what people have told you. It's just your mind works differently from everybody else's and you have to learn how to get from step A to state B by doing micro little steps, <laughs> micro steps or little steps I like to call them, to get to to the next major step and that's what some people don't understand dealing with the ADD the ADHD the chaos of of clutter so you know it's a result of from society telling us that the system that they have created to stay organized doesn't work for you know doesn't work for our minds it's just it's you need to create your own system for your own life. You need to identify the areas that you want to work on. And sometimes we get overwhelmed. I do. This is why I picked my floor and my bed. And I've been been in my in my office chair and I've been sticking with it. I've been learning and one of the biggest things, especially when I watch people, I've talked about this in uh, in articles and for my blog site at alexandermars.com and then you know another podcast I can't name them but I've talked about I watch people who are highly organized individuals and one of the biggest things that they do about keeping a workspace or their home clean is once they're done using an item it it goes back and it's designated a place wherever that is um one time I was at a friend's house and we were watching TV and we were watching a movie and he got out of his his dad's TV dinner uh, TV uh, TV trays 
And as soon as we were done, he just, he picked up everything, put everything back, and it only took a few minutes, and that was it. And I was like, cool. You know, <clears throat> and, you know, I <clears throat> when I went to my hand therapist's place, and how well they had stuff organized, and they were training people new, and they were on people putting things back where they were and it was just like it didn't take them that long to to clean and get ready from for the next patient so it was like yeah so i mean that's part of the issue it's just putting things back finding a place so i mean yeah and so the next thing is look for an area that you want to you know want to work on and just take small steps, keeping it organized. Um, you know if you get stuck, there's a lot of helpful videos on YouTube about this issue, and you know you can go to Fly Lady and learn about her systems and her routine, her routine, and just start taking baby steps. Um, I think for one thing, I think one of the reasons why when I literally cleaned my room and had these big, huge purges. It was too much. It was overwhelming. It was too much. It was just... My brain got overwhelmed, and I didn't know how to keep my space, my room, clutter-free. I didn't know how to do it. Now, if I think if somebody would have came along and said, Yeah, I can tell you're struggling... Why don't we, <clears throat> why don't we do this and this and this and work on different areas? Like, what do you want to focus on now? You know, and then, and then do this and incorporate as time went on. I think that would have been so much more helpful and so much for my brain when it caught on and go, yeah, this works. Um identifying the drop zones there are hot zones lady has <clears throat> um, she talks about uh, hot zones it's like where do you drop off stuff and each um, each room like your kitchen your living room your family room your bathroom your bedroom um, for me my hot zone is my bed if things have to go in my room and I don't have time to put it away at that mo moment because I'm busy working in a different part of the house is my bed becomes the catch-all and I've noticed this if I'm putting stuff away or I'm gathering up my bills paperwork and I, have, I gotta put them away my bed becomes the hot zone becomes that for me um, the kitchen counter <clears throat> becomes the hot zone for old the cluttered dishes, especially the glasses. <coughs> and the table. The the, the table is another one <clears throat> that I need to be working on. Excuse me. So anyway. So yeah, I didn't find I, I didn't find the hot zones before you start cleaning. You start you start purging. Because then you know, okay, this is an area that I need to work on to keep it clutter-free that, you know, try to find stuff. So, yeah. 
you know, and so my suggestion is maybe you want to organize a shelf in the bathroom. Maybe you want to clean out our, you know, the drunk drawer in the kitchen or a drawer in your dresser or in your bedroom. You know, you can start out with something small if you're like, don't really want to jump into something, you know. Um, I did this the other, I did this a few months ago in the bathroom. I had, uh, in the cabinet, I had a shelf that had things on there because I wanted to buy, um, some makeup and I needed some room and I needed to go through some stuff and I, I took about 10 or 15 minutes. Well, I would say about 20 minutes, it took me 20 to 30 minutes. And I just went through some stuff that I knew that I no longer didn't need. And I knew I could make those decisions. And I got rid of a lot of stuff. And I was able to organize stuff. And I was surprised in a short length of time how much I got done. And I was like, cool. And I was able. And so when my makeup came, I had. I already had a designated place to put my eyeshadow and my mascara in. And I was like, cool. And it's just. And I've been. And I've been keeping it that way for a period for a long time now too so so that's like pretty cool so it's to me it's these baby steps that I see that okay once I put in the system I know where I can do this I, I can do this in a small area and I know now I can do this in a bigger area I just need to figure out what I need to do in a bigger area so you know it's just like I said it's just taking baby steps in that direction and to me, I'm like, for me, I find once I organize something, I'm staying with it. And I'm taking a smaller chunk because I don't want to overwhelm myself and then get mad. Because I'm taking the time. I notice that if I take a time for a smaller area, like a shelf in the, in the bathroom cabinet, or a couple of them, I actually did a couple of them, I think, that it's easier working with a small area and then being overwhelmed with, say, with bathroom a whole you know just taking us taking a small area and working on them because for one you're not going to get overwhelmed I have an issue of getting easily overwhelmed if the task is too big that you won't get overwhelmed with and it helps and also too when you put these baby steps in and you start doing certain things every other thing starts you know starts to fall into place that's something I noticed um, so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's one of, it's, it's one of those things. And it's just, it's just taking it step by step and it's just putting the foot and sometimes, yeah, you're going to mess up. You're not going to put things back. I've done that for a couple of days. I've left things up because I'm not feeling well or not. And as soon as I walk in the bathroom and I catch myself, I haven't put things back, you know, I, I go ahead and I do it right then. And I, you know, whatever, you know, I take the time to do it and I put it away because it's, because my brain is learning that something that's out, it has a designated spot for somewhere else in a, uh, a space. It has its own designated space and it's laying out on the vanity or on the counter or somewhere. It becomes clutter. It's becoming clutter. It understand my brain's understanding. Okay, even though that's an item that I use on a daily basis or every other day, 
that it becomes it's clutter and it needs to be put back in its place and it frees up space for something else that needs to go there for whatever and that's something i don't think i really comprehended before and it's because of doing baby steps and learning where stuff goes and these are stuff that i yes i should learn as a child but it wasn't taught to me the way i could understand it you know this is one of these things i just didn't i didn't catch on and it's that's one of the reasons why i struggle today and i think this is important for parents who have children who have ADHD or slash ADD, especially in girls who have messy bedrooms, are disorganized, can't do anything, you know, they're daydreamy or, you know, they're just out to lunch as back in the scene when I was growing up. You know, they're just disorganized and it's just like, you know this and just start helping them. And sometimes it may not be, you know, just because, you know, let me put this way. Say you have a 10-year-old and doesn't know how to put, like for example, doesn't know how to put laundry in the laundry basket in the closet. I would say when your child isn't there or at school, walk into the room and look around and see if, if she's, if the closet is, is being blocked by stuff you know look what she's got out look what she's you know what she's using and then when she comes home or when she's not stressed just go in her room and ask her you know what do you use the most what do you need easy access to um you know all that you know all that stuff so i was like you know that's one of my recommendations you know but I would not go in there if you have a you if you have a child, or you are living with an adult with ADD, ADHD, ADD. I would not go in there and clean clean their room or do stuff without their permission because I tell you what, uh, I would be so mad if that happened to me because we have our stuff and we know where it's, it's we know where our stuff is at if it, if it's even the messy chaos because that was me I. <laughs> I knew where my stuff was at, <laughs> even in the chaos. So it's just like, yeah, it's just one of those crazy things. Um, before I go, I I watched this. Speaking of, I watched this video on, on Facebook the other day where a mom. I uh, was talking about she wanted her son. Her son was getting ready to graduate from high school and she wanted and he was going to go to college or something I don't know but she wanted her son to stay home um she wasn't ready for her son to leave the nest basically and she wanted her son to stay at home long as he felt comfortable and so she decided while he was at school that she was going to get him a nice new bed a queen size bed and she had somebody over and they were like in a like organize his room and just clean it up and just clean I mean they really cleaned his room and I was like watching this video and I mean she reorganized everything she took stuff out she took out the old bed they cleaned they wiped the walls I mean they took they took his 
entertainment equipment, uh, his TV, his speakers. I mean, they took stuff off of the walls. And I... Anyway, they took, um, they, they took, um, she took everything. She took, I mean, she totally arranged his room and he really liked it. But if that was me, oh my word, I would have been thrown one major hissy fit because I wouldn't know where everything was at. I would have been, I would have been. Mad. I would have been. Oh, you I would have been. Ooh, I would have been steaming. Um. And for other reason was because I'd have stuff where I needed to get to it, and it would probably got junked. I'd just been me. But he liked it. But that was just me. Now, if if that happened to me, if the person said, "Hey, I'm doing this," and you know, and had me involved in, and had me involved in the cleanup, that would have been a different story. But that would, that would be different. I wouldn't get mad. But if that was done, if that was me and I was done, I was like, no. Um, I'd be like, no, that would, no, <laughs> that wouldn't fly. Because I wouldn't know where anything is, I wouldn't know where anything is at. I would have to learn. And guess what? It, with if that happened to me, if somebody came in, cleaned my room, top to bottom, and got rid of a lot of the stuff I did not tell them to get rid of, I would be really mad. You know, um, and then chaos would would ensue, and my room would be a disaster within, I would say, probably in two weeks. But. That's just a difference in people, and I mean, you know, this is this is me in ADD mind. That's just how my mind worked. If somebody did that, did that to me, I'd be like, uh, no, 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 no. But the kid was happy, and that was nice, and he was really happy. Um, I didn't really care for how the room was organized and how what they did and how big the bed, the bed that she actually got, how much it took up, but my my question was after he. Um, they put it's like what happened to his his entertainment equipment because she took everything off that she had shelves on the walls and I was like, huh? I uh, was some of my things so so yeah. But anyway, that's the difference in people. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and let you guys go and I will. I will see you guys. Uh, yeah, I will see you guys next time and I hope you guys have a Merry Christmas and I will see you later. Toodles! Well, I would like to thank you for listening to today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and found it helpful. 
about how ADD affects me and my organizational skills and, you know, and what's going on with my health as well. So anyway, so as always, you can catch me on my website as alexandermars.com. You can also send me an email through my website. Go to alexandermars.com, hit contact. If you feel brave enough and just want to skip the whole website completely, you can send me an email directly at alexandermarsthewriter at aol.com. I'm also on Twitter. Uh, I do tweet. Uh, I'm going to start making that more of a habit than I have been lately, but you can always catch me there at AM Storytelling. That's my handle for Twitter. And as always, I'm on Facebook under Alexander Mars. Um, I post uh, stuff on Facebook that I don't post on my website or Twitter about articles, about stuff dealing with the like. Um, dyslexia, uh, ADD, all that stuff, things that come across that I feel is worthy enough to share. I share it there. So you want to, uh, follow me there so you can read the articles, what I read. So that's always a good place. Um, as always, like I said, you can catch me. Also too, I want to make a note too about my podcast. I believe my podcast is now on all the major podcasting hosting stuff i think that's what it's called um it's on spotify it's on anchor um it's on uh itunes and now it's on amazon you can catch me on amazon so yeah um i'm i think pretty much on all of them now all the major so people where you go and you find so I'm easily fine now so yeah Amazon was added a few weeks ago I forgot to mention that one but yeah they was like cool so yeah I'm on everywhere so I mean yeah so please go out and I want to grow my audience so please go and tell your friends if you find um, my podcast helpful and I'm coming up with a plan for next year to broaden my content so Good things I think are gonna happen in twenty three. So I just gotta get gotta get over some other things first. But anyway. So I'm gonna leave you that and I wish you guys happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, and a happy new year. Woohoo. Um also before I before I go, I wanna say uh Christ is reason for the season. And, you know, Christmas isn't always about receiving or giving gifts. It's about making memories with the people that you love, regardless whether they're close friends or family members, extended family. Um, Christmas is about making memories with the ones that are important into your life. And also remember the ones who don't have... Uh, family like maybe the widow down the street or maybe the or maybe the young adult in, in life that's struggling because they have family issues um, this is also a good way to you know open your home in your heart to people who are also suffering because suffering does not you know whether it's Christmas and you know whether I don't care what the Christmas movies say 
there's people that are hurting um, regardless whether it's Christmas or not. Um, life goes on whether it's Christmas. And I think sometimes we need to remember that in the busy, busy season and, and how stressful it can be. So I just want to leave it at that. And like I said, I wish you guys Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And hopefully I'll have a podcast before the new year. Um, that's one of my goals for next week. We'll see what happens. And I will see you guys later and have a great Christmas. Christmas is coming. Doodles. <laughs>